appreciate that encouragement. Thank you, Ben, for the reading there in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It's along the lines of what we want to talk about this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 talks about a lot of things that happen as you get older and things that many of us are experiencing. My almond tree is blossoming very well uh, and turning my head white. Uh, I've begun to get afraid of heights that I didn't used to be afraid of. Uh, there are things going on as we get older. But the passage begins with what I want to talk about this morning, and that's about young people. As I said last Sunday night in our sermon together that I wanted to have a lesson this morning about this as well. We need to understand there are some responsibilities for us as young people. In verse 1 there of chapter 12, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. We're to remember God as young people. The idea of Many in our society today is that young people ought to just live for themselves and do whatever they want. And then as they get older, then they can start worrying about God and settling down and doing what God says. God says, no, you need to serve him while you're young. You need to do his will while you're young. Earlier in chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes, in chapter 11, in, uh, in verse 9, uh, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these God will bring you into judgment. God has an expectation for us as young people that we're going to be devoted to Him and doing His will. That's not just something for those who are older. It's for the young as well. And it's not easy being a young person. I know, I used to be one. I think I can still remember back to those days that are long, long past now, but it's not easy being a young person. It's difficult. There are a lot of temptations that face young people, a lot of challenges. There are a lot of unknowns as a young person, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of things that you've got to learn, a lot of things that you've got to decide. It's a time of un unrest and unease. And adults many times will lament how hard it is to be a young person and how hard it must be specifically to be a faithful young person in this day and age. How hard it is to be a young person in 2023. And certainly it is hard to be a young person today. It's hard to be an old person today. But you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us it's always hard to be faithful to God. It's always been hard. It's always been hard to be an old person and be faithful to God. And it's always been hard to be a young person and be faithful to God. Would it surprise you this morning if I told you that the temptations that young people are facing today are the same temptations they've been facing for thousands of years? You know, the Bible is clear on that. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon addresses a message to his son about the various temptations that he was going to face and how he needed to resist those temptations. And the temptations that Solomon was warning his son about are the exact same temptations that young people today are facing. Things haven't changed. Young people are the same as they were then, and they face the same temptations. What are those temptations that Solomon was warning his son about? I hope you have your Bibles this morning because we're going to use them no passages will be on the screen, so get your fingers limbered up. Let's look at the book of Proverbs, at what Solomon was warning his son about and the temptations that he needed to avoid. 
The first temptation that Solomon told his son that he needed to avoid was the temptation of evil companions. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse 10. Solomon warned his son about the evil of, and the temptation of evil companions. Beginning of verse 10 of Proverbs chapter 1. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious, uh, precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Notice how it works when we have evil companions. Evil companions will try and get you to do bad things with them. If you associate with friends who are not devoted to doing God's will, they are going to try and get you to do bad things with them. And Solomon says how they're going to do that. They're going to entice you. They're going to entice you, he says. Dictionary.com defines entice as to attract or tempt by offering pleasure or advantage. To attract or attempt by offering pleasure or advantage. That's exactly what Solomon said they were going to do, isn't it? He says they're going to entice you. They're going to show you the pleasure and the advantage of doing the bad things that they want you to do with them. They're going to make it look really good. They're going to make it look really fun. They're going to make it look really exciting. They're going to try and entice you. Come on, do this bad thing with us. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It'll be exciting. You ought to do it. Your life isn't going to be complete unless you do this with us. They're going to tell you it's going to be great. And they're not going to take no for an answer. When you say no, they're going to keep on. They're going to try a different angle and a different way to attack you. Notice the different angles that they were taking there in Proverbs chapter 1 as they're trying to get this young man to engage in sin with them. Notice what they said. They said we're going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. We're going to lie in wait. We're going to do it secretly. It's sort of fun. Sounds like fun. Sounds like it's going to be exciting. And then they said how rewarding it was going to be. You're going to get all these precious possessions. Your houses are going to be filled with spoil. It's going to be great. You're going to have all this stuff. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. They're kind of trying to entice. And notice maybe the most popular or most powerful lure that someone has when trying to tempt a young person. Notice what they said. They said, let us all have one purse. If we'll do this together, then we'll have the benefit of having companionship. We'll be friends. We can do all this and be friends. We'll stick together. We'll always be there for each other. Come on, we'll have one purse. We'll all have this companionship. And that's what young people want so desperately, isn't it? Companionship. And evil companions will promise you that. They'll promise you that if you'll do this with us, we'll be friends forever. We'll be bosom buddies. They're enticing, and evil companions will entice you to do evil. But Solomon is very clear, and young people, you need to hear this as well. You don't need friends like this. 
You don't need this kind of friendship. Solomon says, stay away from these kind of people, and he tells you why. Drop down to verse 18. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 18. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. These people who are doing bad, these friends of yours who may want you to do bad with them, they're ruining their lives. They don't know it, but they're ruining their lives. Don't let them ruin yours. Don't let them ruin yours by convincing you that you need to do evil with them. You need to understand the temptation and the challenge of evil companions. Solomon, later in the book of Proverbs, if you flip over to chapter 23, he warns about evil companions again in verse 20, chapter 23, verse 19. Chapter 23, verse 19. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the glutton or the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. You know, it's a temptation for young and old alike to be like the ones who are around them. You know, we start to pick up on certain phrases and expressions and even ways that we say things from those that we're around. You start to talk like the people that you're around. You might say the same things in the same ways. You start to dress like the people you're around. You start to act like the people you're around. And when young people are trying to figure out the kind of person they're going to be when they grow up, this temptation is especially challenging. There's a lot of uncertainty when you're a young person. What are you going to be like? Solomon says, don't associate with those who are practicing evil because they will rub off on you. They will cause you to be like them. You will be impacted. Young people face the challenge and the temptation of evil companions, but this is nothing new. It's been this way for thousands of years. Solomon's son had this same problem and the same challenge. And if it's been this way for thousands of years, young people, you need to know it's not going to change. You're not going to be the exception. You're not going to be the one who figures out how to not let evil companions rub off on you. No, it's been this way for thousands of years. That's the way it is. You need to avoid and be careful about evil companions. Solomon warns about another temptation that faces young people, and that is the temptation of covetousness. Stay there in chapter 1 of Proverbs. You know, youth is a time when it seems like material things are pretty important for young people. Babies are born into this world with nothing, but they soon acquire possessions. As they get older and young people get older, they start to earn money and they're able to acquire more possessions. And having possessions, having nice things isn't necessarily bad. But the desire to have more and more possessions is strong. Advisors, uh, advertisers, I'm sorry, understand this. Advertisers spend millions of dollars, billions of dollars, advertising to young people, convincing them that they need more things. Concordia University had this to say about this in a report. They said children and teens spend almost $200 billion annually, 
and companies spend more than $17 billion each year marketing to them. Companies are spending $17 billion. $17 billion. That's $17,000 million that they're spending advertising to young people about how they need more stuff. They went on in this report and said the American Psychological Association estimates that children view more than 40,000 commercials every year. This is a staggering increase even since the 1990s. And young people are the target of advertising due to the amount of money they spend either directly or indirectly through their parents. They have a tremendous impact on the buying habits of their parents, spending either their own or their parents' money on candy, food, drinks, electronics, toys, games, movies, sports, and clothes. The advertisers are no dummy. If they are going to spend $17 billion, they are convinced that they can convince young people that they need to spend the $200 billion that they're going to spend in getting more stuff. This is a problem that Solomon warned young people about. There in Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse 16. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Solomon says, young people, beware of covetousness. It will cause you to do things that are not right. Covetousness will shift your priorities off of things that are important onto things that are unimportant, relatively speaking. Covetousness will cause you to do things that you shouldn't do. It takes away your life. You know, when we're covetousness, when we're covetous, when we have covetousness in our life, it takes away our life, Solomon said. How does it do that? It does that because when we're covetous, we can't enjoy what we have. Covetousness causes you to always look on what you don't have and never stop to enjoy the things that you do have. We only see what we don't have. We convince ourselves that we won't be happy until we get that thing that we don't have, and we don't stop to enjoy what we do have. Covetousness consumes us. Covetousness destroys us. And it's nothing new. It's been that way for young people and for adults for thousands of years. And if it's been that way for so long, we need to understand the danger is real. We need to be on guard against the temptation of covetousness, young people. Solomon has another bit of advice for young people and the temptations they face, and that is the temptation to disobey their parents. As young people get older, the view of, that they have of their parents begins to change. Children begin to have more and more understanding and more and more opinions about the world that's around them. And they begin to think about their parents differently than they did when they were small children. Their, their view and their attitude towards their parents changes. They begin to question their parents' guidance. They begin to question their parents' instruction. And this happens and progresses as a child gets older and turns into a young adult. 
You know, I think there's a, probably a mathematical explanation for this phenomenon that we see around us. Think about it this way. The moment a child is born, his mother and his father are infinitely older than he is. The child has not been alive at all, and the parent has been alive for whatever long they, however old they are. The difference, that ratio is infinity. The longer the child lives, the closer that ratio becomes to one to one. They're getting closer in age to their parents. And as that happens, the child, as he grows older and older, begins to challenge his parents' authority. Now, sure, it happens when a child is young. We've seen it with the toddler who's going to be defiant. But it's different as a child gets older. It's from a different angle. When a child gets older, it's not just about doing what your parent told you not to do. As you get older, it's about discounting and discrediting your parents' advice and instruction. You want to discount what your parents have told you and how they've advised you in favor of what you think and your opinion and your desire. And young people will, will enunciate that and express it with things like, well, mom and dad just give me stupid rules. Those are just stupid rules. I don't have to do those. Mom and dad are clueless. Mom and dad don't know anything. They are stupid. I don't know how I happen to be born into a family with such stupid moms and dads because I just can't, I don't understand that. Mom and dad's rules are ruining my life. Don't they understand that? They're just ruining my life by telling me I can't do this or I have to do that. If I could only do what I want to do, then my life would be grand. Now, those thought processes aren't the thought processes of the toddler. Those are the way that we think when we get to be older children. And Solomon talks about that with his son. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You know what Solomon says about a parent's instruction? Solomon says your parents, your mom and your dad, are giving you instructions because they're trying to protect you. They're trying to guide you through a difficult portion of your life. Your parents have your best interest at heart. Solomon says that when parents give you instructions, it's like a light. It's like a lamp. You know, light is very good. Light keeps us from hurting ourselves a lot of times, doesn't it? Back when I was in college, and I hesitate to tell this story because it was something very stupid. One Friday night, we didn't have a lot going on. And we decided that, well, we would just take a little ride out in the country. And so a couple guys had pickup trucks, and we piled into pickup trucks. I was not driving. I wasn't responsible for this. But the guys decided it would be cool to drive with their headlights off. And so we're on these curvy roads back in, I think it was around Monterey, Tennessee, back in the country. 
And the guys would turn off their headlights and drive as long as they could with their headlights off. And then they'd turn them on long enough to see where they were and turn them off again. And so we're going around these roads curved and the lights are off. They come on for a little bit. They go back off. A lot of fun. Well, all of a sudden we come around a corner and the guy in the lead truck is in the ditch because he had had his lights off and he turned them on right when he realized the road was turning and he couldn't turn and he was in the ditch because he didn't have that protection of those headlights. Don't ever try that, kids. It's dumb. And it really wasn't all that fun. Light protects us. And your parents' instructions to you are to protect you. They're like light. They're like lamps to help you navigate your childhood and your adolescence. And there's something interesting about Solomon's instruction here. It shows us another fact about young people. As young people get older, they get more independent. Solomon says to his son, when you roam, they will lead you. When you roam as a young person, your parents' instructions should lead you. Young people are away from their parents more as they get older, aren't they? When you're a child, when you're an infant, you're with your parents all the time, 24 hours a day. In fact, when you were a kid, your mom probably took you to your grandmother's house or to a friend's house and just dropped you off there for a couple hours so she could just be away from you for just a little bit and get her head straight. Because you were there all the time. And as you get older, you're going to be away from your parents more and more. It's about independence. Solomon says, when you're going to roam, you're going to be able to go here and there. Mom and dad are going to let you go certain places by yourself. But when you're by yourself, he says, you need to be following your parents' instructions. You need to be doing what your parents say you need to do. It's not licensed to be disobedient. Just because mom and dad aren't there looking over your shoulder, you need to be obedient to your parents. The temptation, the temptation that young people have had for thousands of years is to disobey their parents. It's been this way for so long. Your parents aren't an exception to the rule. It hasn't been this way for thousands of years, and now in 2023 you just happen to get dumb parents who tell you dumb things that want to ruin your life. No. Your parents care about you. The instructions that they've given you are for your good. They're designed to help you, and you need to be obeying your parents. Solomon goes on and tells us about another temptation that young people face, and that is the temptation of sexual sins. You know, as young people get older, they're turning into adults. And as they do, their bodies are changing. And they're beginning to notice those of the opposite sex. And with this, the devil has a whole new way to attack the young person. And you better believe that he's going to use that way to attack. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, look at verse 24. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 24. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress... Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure your, you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. 
There are a lot of things that we could talk about here around this temptation in sexual sins. But a particular note here in this passage, I want to notice something that Solomon is warning his son about. And that's the danger of what he sees. Solomon is warning his son about the danger of what he sees. He talks about this evil woman. And don't lust after her beauty. Don't let her allure you with her eyelids. Be careful about what you see. It was a danger then, and it's a danger now. And young people, you need to be careful about what you look at. You're going to see a lot of things that you shouldn't see. And some of those things you can't control, but you can control what you look at. And Solomon is warning his son to be careful about what he looks at. When you see things that you shouldn't see, you need to turn your eyes away and not look at those things because there's danger in this. Solomon is warning his son about the danger of looking at things he shouldn't look at. Young people, there are going to be men and women who don't cover up their body like they should. It may be because these men and women are trying to show off their body. They want people to look at them. And they may be dressing in a way to try to get you to look at them. It may also be inadvertent. Someone may inadvertently be dressing in a way that reveals themselves. They don't realize it does. Maybe they get into a certain position. They are revealing themselves. You need to not look. Solomon is warning you about that. Whatever it is, Solomon says, be aware and don't look. And adults... We all need to be careful about how we're dressing in front of our young people. Whether we're dressing this way intentionally or unintentionally, I want to tell you, we can't afford to put a stumbling block in front of our young people. Do I need to remind you of what Jesus said about the one who would cause a young person to stumble? Do you remember that? It had to do with tying a heavy rock around their neck and dropping them into the sea. That's what Jesus thinks about when we put a stumbling block in front of our young people? This is a real challenge to young people. Solomon takes time to warn his son about it. Let's be careful that we're not causing them to be faced with this temptation. And young people, as you face these temptations, don't be afraid to discuss them with your parents or with old, older people or with others. There's no shame in being tempted in fact, it's been going on for thousands of years. Every other normal young person has had the same temptation that you have. It's nothing new. Don't be ashamed about it. But be aware and be careful about what you see. There's another sin that young people face as we wrap up our lesson this morning. That is the sin of arrogance. Youth is a time when arrogance can easily take hold of a person's life. A young person has greater and greater understanding of the world around them. They're learning more about the world around them. You know, they've gone from the period of their life where they learned about the world around them by putting it in their mouth. And that's how they learned about the world, is they just put things in their mouth. They've gotten a lot more advanced now. Now they're learning the scientific principles around the things in the world around them. They're learning a lot. They're growing. 
And they've gone from expressing themselves with nothing other than a cry to being able to put together great sentences and express themselves. They're, they're learning. They're increasing their understanding. Their strength and ability is increasing at astounding rates. We all remember when our kid could barely take two steps without falling down. And now they're running down the base path as fast as they can, or they're running for the goal in the basketball court as fast as they can. They really, their strength and their abilities have increased. They're in excellent health. They typically feel good all the time. They're able to do what they want to do when they want to do it. They've got all of these abilities that God has blessed them with. And I want to tell you, this can lead young people to become arrogant. Young people think they can have, they have the world by the tail, that there's nothing that they can't do, that they're better than others, especially the old people in their lives, and there's no one who's going to tell them anything. And those of us who are older have had the experience of trying to give a cocky young person advice, haven't you? You've tried to tell a young person, maybe in an important area of life, some important advice, maybe some things that you learned by making mistakes when you were a young person. And the correct decision is obvious, but the arrogant young person wants nothing to do with the advice. They think they've got it all figured out, and they're going to have to figure it all out for themselves because they're too arrogant to accept instruction. Solomon warns young people about this. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but keep your, let, let, let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Do you see the arrogance that Solomon is combating with his son here? He says, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God. Let Him direct your steps. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you've got it all figured out. Don't be a proud, cocky, arrogant young person. Because it will destroy you. Be humble. This is a familiar passage. We cite it often, but we need to stop and realize it's directed at the youth. The young person who's growing wiser and stronger needs to understand, you'll never be wiser or stronger than God. Don't be arrogant. Don't be cocky. For thousands of years, people have been tempted to be arrogant. Young people have been tempted to be arrogant. Don't be like the young people who've gone before you that learned the consequences of arrogance the hard way. Young people face numerous challenges. Solomon, as he addressed his son, outlined the challenges that his son was facing thousands of years ago, and they're the same challenges that you're going to face today. Young people have always had challenges. But you know what we learn from the Scriptures? That not only do young people have challenges, 
Young people for thousands of years have overcome those challenges to live a life that's faithful to God. They've always been able to live a pleasing life to God. And young person, every young person in this room this morning, you need to understand you can overcome these challenges. You can be faithful to God. How are we doing? How are we living in our lives as young and old alike? Are we living a life that's faithful to God? If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, there's no better time than right now to become one. If you're here and you're not living like you should and you need help with that, will you let us know while we stand and while we sing?